Welcome to What in the Wide World of Sports. I'm Elle, and today is our hockey episode. This episode may include a few hockey fights. Be aware the gloves may drop, and someone may get ejected from the game. So I have two guests today, and I'm pleased to welcome back Shane to the show, and I'm happy to welcome back Robert. So why don't you two give us a short bio about yourselves? All right. Uh, My name is Robert. Um, I'm from Alexandria, Virginia. It's a just a few miles south of Washington, D.C., and just around the corner from our first president, George Washington. Um, I am a senior in high school, and I am a lifelong Washington Nationals and Washington Capitals fan. Uh, And, yeah, I'm Shane. I'm back here. Uh, I don't like Robert since he likes the Caps, and I'm a Golden Knights fan. Just kidding. We're all friends here. We all like (laughs) each other. Um, I'm from Floral Park in New York, and uh, I'm excited to get this thing started. Okay, so uh, as we've already addressed our loyalties as in terms of teams, um, obviously I'm a Rangers fan, um, and you know we haven't won a cup in over 20 years, but I would like to say the Caps did deserve every part of that win, and I was rooting for them. Uh, I appreciate it. The Metropolitan Division is the superior division. Absolutely. Uh, okay. That that can be debated. That's very debatable. But continue. Okay. Let's break the ice with our first topic. So what is the deal with the dirty hits in the NHL? So we want to know why the NHL is after Tom Wilson so much. Yeah, so that's, uh, that's an issue that uh, has, been, has been really dogging uh, Tom Wilson's career ever since he came into the league. Uh, he is obviously a physical player, but um, if, if that was all he brought to the, the table, the Caps would not have drafted him. Um, he most recently received a 20-game suspension for um, an illegal check to the head on St. Louis Blues forward Oscar Sungfist. Uh, I was at that game, and the moment I saw it, I was like, oh, Wilson, dude, it's the preseason. I'm not sure what you're doing. Um, there are a lot of hits that, that he's uh, he's been the topic of controversy, and, and they're very questionable, and, you know, you got you to gotta wonder why he's making the hits, but um, – the, the league surely did send a message with the 20-game suspension this year, uh, even if it was reduced. Um, he, he has – I think he's responded pretty well to, to that message because uh, once, he, once he came back, he, he got on a, on a crazy point streak and, uh, and the Caps have won uh, 13 out of their last 17 or 14 out of their last 17 with him in the lineup. And you know these these suspensions for him it's it's deservedly so. I know that he's you know always been that type of player, but even going back to the to the finals last year watching it as a Golden Knights fan, seeing that check on Marsha so well after the puck was off his stick, I did not agree with that at all. I know that he paid for that one as well, and I just think, you know, especially going into this year, we'll get into it probably a little bit more, but I'll bring it up now the the hit that Ryan Reeves had on him that was not uh, called for a suspension by the NHL. I didn't see anything wrong with it. My phrase is, if you can't take it, don't dish it out. You know, there's no reason why he should be complaining. I know he got hurt after it. All these guys, you, you risk everything once you get onto the ice. Um, it, hockey's a very physical sport. It's, you know, a lot of hits. So you got to take what you get. For the record, I don't think I don't think Wilson was complaining about it. Uh, I, I believe he... Uh... He was, you know, he was saying it's hockey and, you know, maybe, maybe he realized it caught up with him. And I think he, he took the high road with it. And uh, that's certainly showing in his on ice play this year. It's, it's a lot less physical and a lot less, uh, 
you know, dirty as as some people might view it. But well, he's... even even to combat that, Ryan Reeves has had a resurgence of his career. Already has six goals this year on the fourth line of the Golden Knights. He's upped his points by a ton uh, compared to years past at this point. So I just think you know his the goal scoring of of a player doesn't have an effect on their attitude on the ice. I think it's a great aspect of their game that they're improving. But I don't think that because someone's scoring that many goals that their aggressive nature is just decreasing. I think it's still there. So do you think the league is like handling this properly? Like I think some of the suspensions are a little bit too much. Are they not enough? Like, are they trying to make hockey like less aggressive by kind of trying to avoid a concussion scandal almost? Well, before, before the podcast started, Robert and I were talking a little bit and we went back uh, a few weeks ago with when the Maple Leafs forward Zach Hyman, uh, was suspended two games after a dirty hit on the Boston Bruins' Charlie McAvoy. And I looked it over a couple times, and, you know, the hit was similar in ways to the ones that to the one that Reeves had on Wilson um, that he wasn't suspended for. And this one, uh, Hyman got two games suspended. Uh, this one happened four days after the original hit by Reeves. So I think that the NHL felt that they either missed an opportunity to suspend Ryan Reeves or wanted to make up for uh, missing the call. And they wanted to set an example and say, we don't stand by uh, these type of hits, um, the way that people perceive it uh, on social media and whatnot. And they just had to give out um, an example, really. They just had to they just had to set the tone of the league. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's... It's definitely an an issue of double standards here. Uh, if you watch the hits next to each other, they're really just not that different. And while I am upset that that there was no suspension for a play that result resulted in the injury of my own player, um, you know, I I think they've they've just got to be called the same way, one way or the other. Either suspend them both or don't suspend them both. And I think uh, the NHL is certainly trying to take a path. Um, if you look at Tom Wilson's suspension history. Um, they're trying to take a path that's different than the National Football League because they've had a lot of concussion um, issues with their players and their former players, and uh, it's 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 not enviable. and And the NHL is, I think, trying to to get away from that before they even get there. So we know that enforcer rates, kind of that enforcer position that has been historically in hockey, have has been dramatically dropping. And do you think the NHL is trying to control that by giving these suspensions out? And whether it's a two game or a 20 game, are they trying to get rid of that position and focus more on skill? I, I think, I think they certainly are. Um, like I said, the, the, the 20 game suspension that Wilson receives that, that was cut to 14. Um, I think the, he's really received the message because if you look at points per game, uh, he is, he is at a 1.06 right now, and that is that is insane. Like enforcers, uh, like him that that have been enforcers in the past, I guess, um, they they are not supposed to score points like like Wilson is scoring. He's he's put up uh, let's see, ten goals and seven assists in 16 games that he's played. Uh, that is that is not uh, someone you'd think that would be labeled as an enforcer. Um, He's playing in the top six right now with guys like Alex Ovechkin, who's playing the best hockey of his career at age 33, and Evgeny Kuznetsov, who has already made an all-star game and turning heads left and right, whoever he plays. I mean, it's 
it's pretty crazy the the pace that Tom Wilson's putting up points for somebody who uh, has been suspended for illegal checks to the head like he has been. Yeah, and you know, even going back to that, the Golden Knights, two of their players, both Ryan Reeves and William Carrier, are first in the, and second in the league, respectively, in hits. And they're both also putting up points. Um, William Carrier has seven goals this year. That's already pa- well past his career high. And they're just all producing. I think that the enforcer mentality of a player um, hasn't been shown much in the league as of recently. There's a lot of points being scored, a lot of goals. And just more players are focusing more on getting the puck in the net rather than hurting other people on the ice. Okay, so moving on to our next one, which I'm kind of just it's an open kind of conversation about how the league is very different from last season. And I want to kick it off with asking about, like, when and how did Buffalo get so good? Like, they go from the bottom of the league to now having, like, this win streak. And <laughs> anybody can explain it. I mean, I... I... In my uh, predictions for this year that I was talking about with my friends, I had said that I felt like the Buffalo Sabres had a chance to be pretty good this year. I didn't know if they'd be at this top level that they are right now, you know, leading the league in some of these categories. But they have guys like Jack Eichel. They have guys like Jeff Skinner. And their goaltending has just been amazing with Carter Hutton and Nett. And they've just really put it all together this year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Jack Eichel is is finally – you know, on a, on a playoff contending team, you know, this is, this is why the Sabres drafted him in the first place a few years ago. Um, he, he's, he's an unbelievably dynamic player. Um, and, and their, their number one draft pick this year, Rasmus Dahlin, he's, he's, uh, his, his play is, is so good. He's such a smooth skater and he's, he's getting on the score sheet too. He's put up 20 points in 37 games. Um, which is incredible for a defenseman, really. Um, obviously, like Shane said, their goaltending's really been helping them out. Um, Jeff Skinner was a really great acquisition uh, in the off season, um, and and you know they're they're showing it. They're they're third in their division in a really really good division with Tampa and Toronto in front of them, um, and you know they're they're headed for for the postseason tournament, and you know like like we saw with. Really, every team that's come before him, all you got to do is make the tournament, and you know you got a shot to win Lord Stanley. Mm-hmm. Um, well, since we have two fans of the Metropolitan Division, I think we should discuss about how the Metropolitan Division itself is changing. It's literally getting flipped. Like now, the Devils are in last place in the division. Well, the Flyers suck anyway, but yeah. um, how you know it's definitely changing. Obviously, the Caps are way ahead um, in yeah. terms of everybody else. Uh, but what do you think about what's changing in that division right now? Well, obviously, there's been some coaching turnover. Um, the Rangers uh, hired uh, David Quinn to start um, for this season. <laughs> he he seems to be having a pretty good impact. Uh, the Rangers are in contention. They might they might pull out a playoff spot here. Um, the Flyers just fired their coach oh. uh, Dave Haxtall and mm-hmm. and their general general manager earlier this season. Um, their goalie right now, Carter Hart, he's uh, sort of catching the league by surprise. Um, but, yeah, you're right. The The division is different. Um, the, there's obviously the capture in first, and that's that's not really a surprise, the defending Stanley Cup champions. Um, but, you know, Pittsburgh's not as good as they, as they have been. They they beat Washington the other night, but, but that was something about that matchup. They always bring the best out in, in each other, and – 
And that was a playoff-style game, even though the Pittsburgh Penguins haven't been playing like they're a playoff-style team this year. Uh, Matt Murray's been struggling. You know, Carolina's been really good this year. Uh, that's That's been a surprise. Justin Williams uh, returning to Raleigh to play for the Hurricanes has, has been really beneficial to them. Um, they've got a new coach as well, Rod Brindamore. Um, the Islanders have a new coach, Barry Trotz. They're playing like they could get a playoff spot. Um, really, and obviously, Barry Trotz left Washington, so they have a new coach. Mm-hmm. Um, so coaching changes all over the division, and it's leading to, to something that's different this year. Um, it's, it's, it's noteworthy to point out that last year, uh, the Metro had both wild card spots, and it's looking like that is not going to be the case this year. Montreal and Boston have been in fourth and fifth in the Atlantic all year, and in the first and second wild card slots all year. And mm-hmm. right now, there's not really a whole lot that suggests that's going to change. Well, yeah. Off of, oh, you can go. Oh, well, yeah. I I really I don't have much to say since I'm not always focused on the Metro division. I have been able to watch quite a few Islander games since they're always on TV here in New York. And seeing what Barry Trotz has done with his team, especially turnaround from last year, their their passing game is is amazing. Barzal leads the team with 23 assists. Bailey has 21 assists, and they have guys like Anders Lee and Brock Nelson putting up 12 goals both uh, on the year. And the team just looks way different and way more confident than they did last year. Well, going off of uh, about coaches, um, specifically in in the uh, what's it the uh, Central Division. We see a lot of coaching changes, like a lot, like fired left and right. Do you think yep. there's like an issue within that conference? Obviously, you know the Blackhawks and the Blues. And um, I don't know if there's an issue. Um, I don't know if it has really any significance, but that is the only division with seven teams um, in today's NHL. Um, they of the five coaches that have been fired since the season started, um, they own two of them in Chicago and St. Louis. Um, Chicago's Joel Quimble, that was a surprise to a lot of people. But um, after winning the Western Conference two years ago, they missed the playoffs last year, and they have been towards the cellar this year. And it's not really a matter of he he wasn't a good coach because obviously he got him three Stanley Cups, uh, 2010, 2012, 2015, but, um, or 2013 maybe. Um, but it's it's an issue of what have you done for me lately? And and the answer is nothing because they, they missed the playoffs and they were bounced uh, in the first round the year before that. And, and here they are at the bottom of the league this year. That's, uh, you know, hockey's a business, and, and that's an example of it. A three-time uh, Stanley Cup winning coach is out the door. And then in St. Louis, um, they've had a lot of issues in the playoffs. They can't get over the, the first-round hump. Um, it's, uh, it's not unlike Washington before last year, honestly. Um, and and they've been with with Chicago in the basement this year, and you know somebody had to go, and and that was their wake up call. Yeah, I don't really have have much to add here. I know I, I got into hockey last year uh, specifically from Robert, learning about all these different teams, and you know just becoming a Golden Knights fan because I have family in Vegas and new fan, new team. So I don't know too much on the coaching situations from the team, but you know, everything Robert said sounds pretty good. So I'll roll with that. Thank you. Um, so 
speaking of new teams, I think we should definitely talk about the new Seattle team, as exciting as it is. Um, it's in the news a lot. Um, I thought we'd have a little fun and throw around some ideas for the team. I think that's fun. I think team name-wise, it has to start with an S. I, think I, I would agree with that. I, I love the idea of the Seattle Sockeyes. How cool does that sound? I, don't know, I love Kraken. I just think that's, I don't know why, but it just feel like it works. I've seen potential logos for it, and it's like the Space Needle wrapped around with a giant Kraken tentacle, and it just looks awesome. That, that could be that really cool. Be cool. I, think, I think the idea of, of having the team name not end in S is, is really cool in hockey. Obviously, you have the Avalanche and the Lightning and teams like that. I think mm-hmm. it, it wouldn't be a terrible fit to have Kraken. Mm-hmm. But yeah. those, are, those are definitely in my top two right now. Um, but how do you think the dynamics of the divisions are going to change? This is definitely more towards Shane in terms of the Western Conference. But how do you think those are going to change? I mean, I know people might think that the Pacific Division is weaker than other ones, but it's really not. In sixth place right now is the Canucks, and they're 17, 18, and 4. Like, everyone's very close to each other. They have 38 points, and the top team, the Calgary Flames, have 47. There's not a whole lot of room, you know, between 1 and 6. If someone goes on a losing streak or a winning streak, things can change in a second. So I think the Kraken or whatever they go with, I'm already saying Kraken because I like the name so much, but the Seattle team will definitely add uh, to to this division, make it a lot, you know, it's already very competitive. I think it'll stay competitive and they'll be able to contend. Uh, we'll have to see when the draft comes around, obviously. I know Robert had told me at one point in the past that the Golden Knights will not have to give up any of their players since they Which are is absolutely outrageous but well i mean you give them a couple of years let them adjust a little bit you know they're still a newer team so to so yeah, to speak but 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 when this expansion draft occurs they will have four years under their belt in the all right NHL. maybe give them five give them five years and then they'll be ready for the next one okay all right so <laughs> the <laughs> the the biggest thing that I, I like about this um this thirty second team is is that it's it's gonna be symmetrical. They're they're gonna they're gonna have eight, 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 and eight in, in all the divisions instead of seven, seven, eight, and eight, now eight, seven, eight, and eight. Um it's it's gonna make a lot more sense. I know um Quebec City fans are gonna be outraged by it because they they want the Nordiques back, but um you know, it's Seattle's is definitely the more vibrant market. And it's, you know, the way they support the Seahawks, the way they support the Sounders, the Mariners, you know, they can absolutely support an NHL team. And it's it's going to be great for hockey. Um, it's going to be, yeah, you know, like Shane said, it's going to be good to add another expansion team to that um, to that division, I think. Um, and, you know, the Coyotes will have to suffer moving to the central division they're not not as close to all their opponents but um you know maybe that's a sign that the coyotes need to leave arizona because they're they're struggling with attendance and and winning that's what i was just about to to bring up and said how are the coyotes going to adapt to this do you think it would be good for them bad for them obviously attendance is an issue i i don't really think it it matters who who they're playing against they 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 struggle so much and 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 they can't fill their arena. It's it's so hard for them to fill their arena. And and they're not the only team, but because because they have to change divisions and be farther from their division opponents, I don't think it would be such a silly idea for them to move to a city like Houston, which is very very populous and uh, can support a, a big four sports team. I mean, we just have to feel bad for the for the whole city of this the state of Arizona and the city of Phoenix specifically because they just have so many 
horrible sports teams right now. The Cardinals haven't made mm-hmm. the playoffs in how long? The Phoenix Suns are the worst team in the NBA right now. And, and the, the Diamondbacks, the Diamondbacks are it all down. down. Yeah. Exactly. They just traded Paul Goldschmidt. Zach Greinke's definitely on the move. And they're, that whole state is just in total rebuild mode. And you just got to feel bad. Maybe the MLS will move there next. Oh, God knows what's going to happen with that. Well, they come to <laughs> Miami first. <laughs> That's right. Yes. Um, so, as just putting it out there, will the new Seattle team have a story like the Golden Knights? Or do you think it's not going to be that kind of case? Uh, I do not think um, it's going to be another uh, Golden Misfits type deal. Um, I think all the the GMs have, have learned or will – have learned from uh, you would have to hope so from from their uh, experiments with players like Nate Schmidt going uh, leaving Washington and William Carlson leaving Columbus uh, Jonathan Marshall Riley Smith leaving Florida um, they they really got um, you know the 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 short end of the stick on some of these trades that allowed uh, Vegas to take players they didn't necessarily want to take from um, from the from the non-protected list, but, but it worked out for them. Obviously they made the Stanley cup final. They, they, they lost what three games uh, before their, before they uh, ran into Washington. It was, yeah. it was crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the, the GMs definitely need to know like, Oh, we have this player and he could blow up. So we better protect him. Um, it's, I, I definitely do not expect Seattle to have a, a storybook run like Vegas did. What would be interesting to see is whoever takes over as the general manager of the Seattle team, if they try to copy what the Golden Knights did and not Mm -hmm. try to build for the future, I definitely think that would be not smart on their part, trying to follow in their footsteps. I think that their best bet is to gather draft picks up, to restock, depending on the draft, who knows, but they probably should go young, especially in in a conference and division like this and then eventually build up and take over a few years down the road. But mm-hmm. they really should not try to make all these big trades and bring big, big names there uh, right away. Yeah. Okay. So for our last topic, I think for the fun of it, if just talking about gritty as it's been the best thing that's happened to the NHL all season. Um, Hockey Twitter's blowing up. Yep. Honestly, I think it was one of the best moves in terms of marketing for the Flyers because they are so bad. You're drawing attention in another way. And I think Mm -hmm. that was such a good move for them. That is about all the Philadelphia Flyers have going for them right now. Which is very sad. It it is. is. Storied franchise such as themselves. But, um, you know, people everywhere love it. Um, (laughs) You know, one way or another. But... But, you know, they, they say that there's no such thing as bad publicity, you know, right? Yeah. So, yeah. you know, they're they're drawing attention to themselves and, you know, he, he's working out all right. He mm-hmm. made it what – he made a half-court half shot a few weeks ago at a Rutgers game. That was pretty cool. Um, he's – He's taken the league by surprise. You know, you can't, you can't go a day without reading something new about Gritty. It's, uh, it's pretty cool, but, you know, hopefully the, the Flyers will uh, – Give him something to cheer about. Well, I definitely think the the debut here of Carter Hart and goal over Brian Elliott was a change they definitely needed to make and one that'll maybe take some of the spotlight off of Gritty and more of the hope into him as the future of their uh, franchise going forward. Give Gritty something to celebrate about. There you go. (laughs) Well, I would like to thank my wonderful guests for coming on today. 
And feel free to give yourselves a little shout out if you want. Yeah, so I, obviously last podcast I talked more about my uh, Sports in New York podcast, which is still going on on YouTube, Shane Sports in New York. But Robert and I have also been collaborating on a website coming out. Um, we had it last year. It's it's definitely remodeled, revamped this year. Strike 3 Fantasy Baseball, everything you need to know. Podcast coming out, ranks, articles, who's hot, who's not, all the sat leaders, everything you'd want, uh, launching hopefully by the new year. Awesome. Robert, do you want to give yourself a shout out? Uh, I mean, Shane covered it. Uh, okay. I, I, I wish I had a podcast uh, like him to, to talk about, but, uh, you know, strike three. We'll, uh, we'll be there. And, you know, if you need some baseball advice, hit us up. Okay. So thank you to everyone who's listening. We appreciate it. And make sure to stay tuned for our special Pinstripe Bowl episode. Remember to follow me on Twitter at LWigder. And thank you for listening to What in the Wide World of Sports. Mm-hmm.